is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, doctors, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all come on, let's go. Welcome to the Healthcare Wrap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists, where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door, where truth drops like an atom bomb and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week, we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Welcome back to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Jared Johnson, your host, and I'm here with Peter B. What's up, Jared? What's up? Hey, Peter. What's new? Oh, you know, a lot of a lot of good things happening with baseball. I had to bring it up. You know, our teams have moved on now already. That's always a good thing. It is. Astros, Brewers, you, you called it. Maybe it's an Astros, Brewers World Series. Uh, we just lost all of our fans in L.A. and Boston. <laughs> Darn it. All right. Sorry about that. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, we'll make it up to you, listeners. We'll get right into our rap battle. How about that? We won't talk any more baseball and make you guys upset. We'll just move right into it. Let's do this. Rap battle. So, rap battle. This is our segment. As some of you who have returned, if you've listened before, you'll know this about us. Uh, the rap battle is where we challenge an assumption that we feel has been holding back healthcare marketing. And with that, we're actually going to turn to a brand new report that was just released at Shishmed, at SHSMD, Shishmed. Which is happening. As we speak. As we speak. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is. So a lot of things happening from Seattle uh, this year, just coming coming right down the pike. And so to get right to it, there's a report that was released. It was called By the Numbers. Uh, this is their report, and it was about healthcare marketing and budgets and how we're spending money and the well, consequences of that. That's up your ears now, right? Money? <laughs> budgets, healthcare. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's like, this is like, you should be listening. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. It also talks about things like uh, as hospital systems are... Uh, merging that teams are consolidating but budgets overall are increasing so we're going to get into a couple of things so we're going to lead with this challenge the assumption that we're going to challenge and the assumption might surprise you the assumption is that everyone in hospital marketing has shifted fully to digital in our advertising in fact this by the numbers report by shishmed will tell you a different story and i think there's some reasons for it to tell you the truth i think all along that we've when we've talked about digital and not leaving so much on the table for traditional advertising that we all recognize the shift's happening, but how quickly it's happening and why it's happening, I think, are kind of the two takeaways for me today. Uh, this by the numbers report, and I want to thank Colin Hung uh, from Hospital EMR and EHR uh, from healthcarescene.com. Thanks, Colin. Always love uh, thank you. catching up and, and reading your posts here uh, on the blog, which is uh, yeah, shout out a pretty amazing blog. <laughs> One of the best, uh, I might say the best out there, but you know, yeah, yeah. I am biased. <laughs> no, Colin and, and John are good friends of mine. So 
one way or the other. We're looking at this report, and Colin's post focused on a couple of things. He included some of these numbers about, uh, for instance, uh, traditional media and how that still dominates the hospital ad spend. So I just want to read you a couple of these numbers because uh, these were interesting. So uh, this, the whole report, it says there were almost 2,700 respondents. It right. was conducted from August 2017 to January 2018. So not that long ago. No. Nope. So I would say this is as current as it gets. This is a detailed snapshot. This is a, from Collins post. This is a detailed snapshot of marketing and communications at hospitals in the U.S. So overall, the report paints a rosy picture for marketing. The size of marketing teams is increasing. Use of digital marketing tools and techniques is growing. And the scope of responsibilities for marketing departments is expanding. So let me dig into this one part real quick as we were talking about traditional media just a moment ago. Mm -hmm. So this is according to the report, hospitals are still spending the majority of their advertising budgets on traditional media, which includes things like TV, newspapers, and outdoor advertising. So they gave two figures for different channels and advertising, a median and an average so I assume that's the mean, yeah. which means there are some outliers because there there's some crazy differences in here. Uh, for instance, the number one medium for the average advertising spend was still TV, and that median was ninety thousand dollars in a budget, but the average was two hundred seventy thousand. So that means there's some that are spending so much more that are that are just fluctuating that number that they're uh, they're. There's some outliers there. Yeah. So number one was TV at ninety thousand. Number two was newspaper at eighty four five. Outdoor was seventy k. Then electronic ads at fifty six, which is interesting because then there there are other categories here from mobile ads and location based ads, which I suppose you could lump those together if you all wanted, but it did call them out. So right. anyway, number four is electronic ads at fifty six thousand. Pay per click at fifty one thousand fifty. Uh, radio at 50k then content marketing there's a kind of a big jump down from there content marketing at 33.5 and then magazines at 30 and direct mail at 30 and brochures slash print collateral at 30 so i'm going to stop there and just say like look how much spend wise traditional media is still dominating and we had a couple of theories about like we said why this is uh, the report doesn't necessarily go into a whole lot of that it was it was pretty strictly a by the numbers as as it's titled but Here's what I would think is that as much as we're talking about digital and how much it's new and it's important to reach especially younger customers and patients, the fact is there are still a lot of those patients who are growing older. There are a lot of uh, elderly and senior populations who are still reached better through traditional media. And so depending on the service lines of your hospital or clinic or your implant or your medical device or mm -hmm. your medical supply team, whatever organization type you belong to, it may skew differently. And so traditional media is still quite a large part of the mix. That's kind of what I'm picking up here. And I think the reason, that's one reason for, I mean, this just, it plays into the dialogue of, well, hospitals are just going to be behind. <laughs> they're, they're always going to be behind. But then there's this thought of, this doesn't differentiate between like a children's hospital or you know a pediatric uh, focus or things like that. It doesn't break it up that way. It, it simply talks about it in general terms and medians and averages. And so, I think we can look behind that and make a couple of uh, assumptions there. And again, one of them would be the fact of how many how much revenue is made by targeting more senior patients, because quite frankly, there's a lot more healthcare needed in that demographic. Right. So. If that's what it takes, then traditional media is still going to be part of our ad spend. I would love to have seen that broken out because, I mean, I don't know if, if pharma is pharma part of this as well, because clearly, as you just 
uh, said, the older you get, the more pills you're going to take. <laughs> I think it's definitely, I think it skews definitely more toward adult, you know, and then it just kind of coincides with, with um, something that I just saw on CMO.com too there. And it was a, it was an article from the Adobe uh, Digital Insights uh, 2018. And it says the survey says the best place to advertise for millennials and Gen Z is still, is still digital. It says basically that because millennials and Generation Z account for a combined, they almost combined for almost half the population in the U.S. It's 48% of the population in the U.S. Wow. What we can agree on is that ads seen on social are more relevant to them than any other channel. Now, the opposite of that is baby boomers, Generation X, and maybe even older generations are still overwhelmingly said to overwhelmingly choose television advertising as the most relevant. So that kind of actually matches up with what we're looking at here. If we're assuming that most of this is, and when I say this, the hospitals or the pharma or the whatever they measured in here was more skewed towards adult. Because again, children's hospitals or things along along those lines might be, I think you'd see a different story, honestly. Yeah. So it does, it looks like it does say that it, this is a snapshot of marketing and communications at hospitals in the U.S. So we assume that that's at least the majority of respondents. I'm sure there's some that took the survey that weren't, right? You know, that maybe other clinics or practices or related and you know supporting services, sure. consultants, etc. Sure. So yeah, one way or the other, that appears to be the the main focus here. Yeah. So there's another finding that was interesting in this report, and it's about consolidation. So according to this report, the number of independent hospitals has dropped from 50% in 2013 to 30% last year. So it also said 50% of respondents who had gone through a merger said that the Marcom function had been centralized. So meaning you're combining multiple Marcom departments into one. And that's probably something you'd expect, you know, that, that it would end up having a you know, a negative effect on the budget. But according to the report, that's actually uh, not true. It says of those who had been through a merger, 25% said their Marcom budget had increased and 20% said their Marcom team had grown in size, which, yeah, I wouldn't expect like any percent right. for them to say that, that that had happened. Now, it's interesting that that, that means as we, you know, as we see more competition out there from retail clinics, we see more competition from digital health services, mm-hmm. online services, mm-hmm. from Walmart offering healthcare services, CVS, wherever you're going. My goodness, uh, everywhere's got a, a retail clinic these days. Pretty much, yeah. And now or soon we'll have their own health plan as well yep. that's open up to everybody. It's getting to be that kind of just completely wall-to-wall global competition for all healthcare services. Uh, knowing that that's the environment that we're playing within here, it is interesting to see that with the consolidation of hospitals that, at least from the report, budgets are up. So again, that's not it's not necessarily a majority. I mean, it did say 25% said their Marcom budget had increased of those who had been through a merger. So that's not everyone, but that is... It's a quarter. And it's definitely more than I would have expected as well. Everybody wants their content to work. But if you're not careful, it'll drive you berserk. You need the right partner, but where to begin? Use True North Custom, that's how you win. In healthcare content marketing, gotta try something new because innovation is king. True North Custom, they're the bomb. Check it at truenorthcustom.com. 
Guys, listen up. True North Custom is the only healthcare marketing firm delivering the full continuum of content strategy. For 30 years, guys, 30 years, they've helped healthcare organizations engage consumers and clinicians through award-winning content and data-driven campaigns. Today, more than 500 clients trust them for expertise in three categories. Excellent content supporting brand, driving business, and leveraging marketing technology solutions. Think about it. Two-thirds of healthcare marketers feel content marketing is essential or very important to their organizations. But with the rise of content marketing as an effective way to amplify your voice and boost patient volume, separating your brand's signal from all the noise can be a challenge. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? So here's where this comes in. This is an exclusive download for Healthcare Wrap listeners. True North has a free guide for you to download. It's called Content Plus Automation, the modern marketing power couple. Guys, this is a way to supercharge your content strategy. It's really easy. All you got to do is go to bit.ly slash healthcare wrap one, the number one. That's where you will find this exclusive resource. Again, it's available only for healthcare wrap listeners. So check that again. It's at bit.ly slash healthcare wrap and the number one. Tell your whole crew. You know, it's it's interesting too. The you know, as I read through the CMO.com piece that I was talking about before too, and you see uh, what's going on in, in the the modern home now, where you're seeing the refrigerator is now kind of almost like a media center, right? With uh, with those the screens that they have on some of those refrigerators, like the TV's like right in there. And let's just face it, TV. You know, we said we said before when you were referencing Colin's story here, TV was number one. Well, is that TV, traditional TV with your advertising on the networks, because what they talk about in this article too here is that the line between digital and TV continues to blur. TV is kind of increasingly becoming, you know, your living room's internet portal because you have Hulu, you have Netflix, you have all of these things. I think people still lump that as TV because it's, you're literally watching a TV, but I think smart uh, hospitals, smart healthcare organizations might be putting money or should be putting money to advertise on those situations as well in 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 those channels as well um and they might call that tv i don't know so that might be a big part of this as well that's a good point and yeah i don't have that listed here uh, there are a couple of other things though that are related to budget that that were honestly kind of fascinating to me uh one was that the the overall uh, hospital marketing budget, although the budgets are growing, they still remain less than 1% of overall hospital budgets. Yeah. So here's what the report said. It said the average hospital budget in 2017 was $875 million. That's an increase of 39% over the 2013 average of $533 million. Mm-hmm. So $875 million compared to $533. That, that's a huge jump. That is huge. But in that same time period, Marcom budgets have grown 65%. To an average of 5.4 million, so that's still yeah, not, yep. that's that's quite a low fraction. There, it's still less than one percent of the overall budget. So then you compare that to a report that Deloitte did in 2017 of the average marketing budget as a percent of your overall budget, and they listed it with they, they listed healthcare against other industries. And yeah, where did where did they come in? So healthcare slash pharma came in at 10 percent. So the marketing budget is. 10% of the overall budget. Uh-huh. And that's not quite the bottom of the pack, but... Towards the lower part. Let's portion. say the back of the pack, <laughs> not the bottom of the pack. Right, right. Oh, my bad. You know, that, whatever the bottom of the pack is, you know, yeah. it, it doesn't sound like where we'd want to be. Right. Because then you have uh, folks like consumer packaged goods, where the marketing budget is 24%. Wow. Of the overall budget. Wow. Consumer services and tech software and biotech are all at 15%. Communications and media... 
and even mining and construction at 13%. Higher still than healthcare. And here's the dinger. Education is higher. By 1%, but it is higher. But it's higher. <laughs> so what, is that, what does that tell you? I, you know, I, I think budget's usually a direct correlation to the perceived value mm-hmm. that something brings, mm-hmm. the, the perceived ROI. And so if that's the conclusion I can draw, it's that, yeah, there's still a big disconnect in the perceived value of marketing itself. I agree. One last thing I did find in that article as well about, I just want to go back to TV really fast. It says that um, the traditional definition of TV is shifting to include the digital channels. So in fact, nearly two thirds or about 60% of Generation Z consider using a streaming service like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime. They call that in in a sense, quote unquote, watching TV. So again, Sixty uh, percent of Generation Z call watching those channels watching TV. So again, some semantics involved here, but um, you know, don't just assume it's just advertising on the local networks, uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, those kinds of things. I think there's a lot more that you have to think about when you're thinking about quote unquote TV advertising. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a little crazy. Yep. Well, there's one other finding in here that Colin pointed out that I, I, I just love, and it has to do with how much more is expected of marketing teams. And he talks about things about how uh, we're watching review and ratings sites. 50% of respondents said they actively monitor existing ratings and reviews on behalf of their hospital. Hospitals spend very little on marketing professional development. And social media is still used mostly for broadcasting messages versus patient engagement. Mm. So... How long have major social media channels been around? Well, since 2009 or so, maybe 28, 2008. Yeah, Twitter and Facebook, for instance, have been, they've been around longer than 10 years, but they've really been in the mainstream. Right. 11 to 12, I'd say. Yeah. So those channels have been around for a while, Mm -hmm. and still, for the most part, they're being used for broadcasting messages and not really engaging with patients. So still a missed opportunity there. Still something that until that stat changes, it's going to be part of just about any social media or part of just about any marketing discussion uh, for healthcare. Agreed. So, and then really just the, 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 all that kind of contributes to this concluding thought from Colin that there's a lot more expected of marketing teams and there's no sign of that slowing down or, or stopping. So, there are a few things that can result from that that can just result in needing to retrain, uh, everyone needing to be more agile, more nimble, more open, more flexible, more it can be an opportunity to be in the driver's seat and try to get ahead of that yeah. by adding skill sets, yeah. by honing our skill sets, and just by having real dialogue uh, with our stakeholders of what, what they can expect. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact is when there used to be one or two channels to have to get your message in, and the biggest thing was that you're trafficking, you know, the the, the TV spot on time, right. getting it somewhere, and that you know the lighting was perfect in the in the spot and everything, you know, that the talent was saying things correctly. Well, now there's, I mean, there's a gazillion, jillion different places yes. for us to have to get our message right, and most of the time, in some of those channels, we're not the ones actually talking about our brand or really, you know, controlling it. We can try to manage it and insert ourselves there. But that that trend of a lot more being expected of marketing teams, I don't see that slowing down at all. You know, uh, conversely though, I, and I agree with that, but one thing I do like about that is this is a world where 
you will not be bored, I think. So you can, you know, you can actually embrace that too. So if you're one of those people that I kind of lump myself into this area where you have a smattering, maybe, you know, the, the, the term jack of all trades, master of none kind of comes in, but it, that actually is, is, um, I think, you know, I think, I think hospitals probably want that now because you could do a little bit of everything and that's, where we're at now on marketing teams, you know, yeah. you got to be able to do some PR, you got to be able to do some marketing, you got to be able to do some internal com, you got to be able to do, uh, read some analytics to make some decisions. I mean, I think it's what hospital marketing CMOs are probably looking for because you'd have to have too many people on you, in your department if you were that specialized. So you have to, you have to have some crossover. So glass half full, if you are good at many things and not amazing at one thing, you might fit in perfectly to a healthcare marketing team. <laughs> well, you know, so it's a pretty exhilarating ride. I would say that. So if you're up for the ride, then yeah, it can be. Yeah. It, it can keep being that way. Right. Exactly. Well, another assumption, assumption. that was nicely done away with. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I'm, I was surprised by this. This is a great article. Thanks for bringing it up today. I hope you guys got a lot out of it. If you haven't read it, it's really, really well done. Nice job, Cullen. I highly recommend it. Really well done. Well, cool. We're going to move on to our shout out just to wrap up the program. All right. You want to hit that first? I will hit that first. Hit it. Shout out. I'm going to hit the shout out first because shout out is where we just recognize a person, an idea, something that we've come across, something we've seen that has just caused us to think a little differently and caused a little spark of awesomeness. That has to do with anything, really. And mine today, my shout out's going out to John Pritchard, who's the president and CEO of Share Moving Media. And uh, John has been a great influence on on me in this last year as we've gotten to know each other and have been able to to meet in person and really share ideas and bounce things off of each other. A lot of them have to do with the healthcare supplier market, Mm. which doesn't necessarily come to the forefront that often and that's why I wanted to, to give him a shout out because uh, with John's focus on this area it's just about every, I mean 98% of the things that we talk we, we talk about that we discuss uh, we're talking about things that apply all the way across the healthcare spectrum and so it's not just for hospitals practices clinics providers it's for everyone who has to do with it because these same principles apply the discussion the the the, the dialogue the content the conversation might be a little different but the same principles apply to everyone when we're talking about social media engagement when we're talking about what at the end of the day makes a difference in the patient's life all these things have to do just as much with the healthcare provider uh, with a supplier with the provider with with everyone that has to do with it so I just want to recognize uh, a lot of the great work that John Pritchard is doing with Share Moving Media and the events that he's putting on nationwide that, that help address this with this audience because uh, I loved being able to get out and meet some of them uh, a couple months ago, uh, some of you in this industry, and really hear about the things that are, that are challenging you. And uh, John was the one to make that happen. So I just want to give you a shout out, John. Nice. So I wanted to give a shout out to a gentleman that uh, I work with uh, at my in my daily job. Um, he is a researcher. Uh, his name is Dr. Johnny Lifshitz, and uh, Dr. Lifshitz is uh, he never wants me to call him Max. Actually, I'm going to call him Johnny, which is what he prefers. And by the way, he does lean into the, his last name. I'm just going to throw that out there <laughs> on Twitter. He, yes, he does. He, he really does. He does. His last his 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 Twitter uh, handle is um, is L I F, and then the poop emoji and a Z afterwards. 
afterwards. So I, you got to love that about a guy that does it. And we share the same birthday, by the way, same year, not the same. I'm sorry, same day, not same year. Anyways, Johnny is a uh, researcher that kind of spends um, half his time, uh, actually probably more of his time at the U of A at University of Arizona uh, here in Arizona. And and then um, he works with the Barrow Neurological Institute at Phoenix Children's. He works with um, Dr. David Adelson in his group there in neuro. And what uh, Dr. Lifshitz has done, or Johnny, I should say, is uh, he, he's been doing research for about six years on children's traumatic brain injuries or TBIs. And in about six years, they've probably figured out three key things that they never knew before. And what Johnny told me was, and same with Dr. Adelson told me was, in sometimes 20 years of research, you don't even get one takeaway. And this is amazing stuff that's happening here. Just off the top, one of the things that they actually came up with in their research was the fencing response. And the NFL has actually added that into their protocol now in terms of um, what happens when, and, you know, when, when there's a concussion or something that happens on the field. And sometimes you'll see the hand come up like in almost like a, like you're like you're guarding your face. And that's called a fencing response. And then you know that that is a, almost almost a foregone conclusion that there's been a traumatic brain injury. And so they've done a ton of research behind that. But they've also they've also moved on to find out that there are things that might happen in the endocrine world too, where a traumatic brain injury can actually affect the growth of a child. It can actually stunt the growth of a child. They're looking into this right now. So there's genetics that get involved here, but children that have a traumatic brain, brain injury might be shorter, might not actually attain all the percentages that they need to in their growth. And they're looking into this. And I think, you know, if they can figure out early on, all it is is a pill, like a hormone pill, and you can move past this. And that's the amazing part of this kind of stuff. And that's what I love about research is that these things are happening when we couldn't, when we never had that idea before. And I'm just proud to know Johnny and, and, and all his work for and with Dr. Adelson. So I just give them a shout out too. That's the perfect way to wrap this thing up because when this comes down to it, it's all about individual contributions in healthcare. Yeah. So I uh, love that one, a great, great idea. So uh, we're gonna leave this one in your hands, ladies and gentlemen, do us a favor. If you like this, if you enjoy these conversations, let us know what else you'd like to hear about. Tell people on, uh, you know, all the places we always tell you. Right, <laughs> and, and definitely hit us up on LinkedIn. We, we're always on there, I mean, my gosh. Jared posts a lot of great stuff. We like a lot of stuff on there. Yeah, hit us up on there. We were, And you know what, again, if you guys have suggestions, if you find a great article, send it over to us because we'll we'll talk about it. We'll give, you a, we'll give you a shout out. Anything you guys have for us, we love it. That's true, and thanks especially to True North Custom for helping us spread the awesome, yo. Yeah, yo, that's awesome. Love those Thank guys. you, True North. Yeah, so on behalf of Peter and myself, thanks, and that's a wrap. Oh,